Hey, welcome to another week of the Living Room series that we've been doing. My name is Andrew, this is my wife Dawn, and we pastor Passionate Life Church. And we are so thankful wherever you're watching us from, what other whatever type of device you're watching us on. Hey, thank you for tuning in today and being part and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's just jump right into it. I, I just want to recap really quick of what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the church. We've been talking about the early church and who Jesus called to start the first church, and that was, was Peter. And the resounding theme that we've been talking about that I want people to remember is that the church was not man's idea. It was God's idea. It was never man's idea to create a community of believers to do life together. And we've been talking about the Greek word ecclesia, a community of Christ followers doing life together. We've talked about the church being a body working together. And last week we talked about really what I wanted us to focus on is the person Peter was so we can find ourselves in Peter, right? To identify with his flaws, with his weaknesses, that he was unqualified, that he was not perfect, right? That was the title of our message last week. Right. No perfect people allowed, right? And that's what I wanted us to resonate with, to understand that God's not looking for perfection. Right. He's looking for willingness. He's just looking for people that are willing to be part of his community and part of his body. And yeah. so uh, today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about Unity Matters. Part six today of the living room, Unity Matters. During this time of disunity, uh, we just really feel like, man, as the church, as Passionate Life Church, we need to really focus on unif uh, being unified and what God has for us in this season, but also the next season as we gather together in person. Amen? Amen. Awesome. You want to open us up in prayer? Absolutely. Lord, we thank you for this message. We thank you for uh, your unity, God. I thank you that you have unity for us yes. and that we can come together um, perfect lead together, imperfectly together in unity, Lord. And we thank you that you're here and your presence and your power is here with us. And we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. So we're going to be, we're going to be all over the place today. Um, as we jump into Acts 2 verse 1, can you read that for us, Pastor Don? Sure. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. So let's just stop there for a moment. Um, and just talk about the day of Pentecost, what this word Pentecost means. Mm -hmm. It's really significant and important that we understand what is God, God is doing here. Pentecost actually means 50, okay? It means 50, and it symbolizes 50 days that Jesus had resurrected, okay? He, he was here for about 40 days with his disciples, and then he ascended into heaven. So this is the 50th day, the day of Pentecost, and they're all meeting together. Jesus told them, hey, go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for this amazing gift. 
The, the Hebrew word for 50 is nun, N-U-N. And nun is, uh, represents as a seed that is con continually and constantly a new generation. Mm. So it's constantly genera generating new birth, new beginning. And I love that, that symbolism of continuous new generations happening because that's, you know, that this is the message that Jesus has given us, right. not just for our generation, but for thousands of generations that follow us. That's, Absolutely. you know, we have two little boys, Jude and Zeke. And, you know, when God was calling us to, to start Passionate Life Church, we knew that it wasn't just for us. We weren't creating the church just for us, but we were creating it for the next generation, for our boys. And so they would have a place, uh, man, that they could call their own and, and, and to continue the legacy of what God has called in, in us. And so, man, I love that definition. Uh, also, uh, they, the, the Jewish people would call this the year of Jubilee. They would call this the oh, year cool. of Jubilee which would mean all debts were settled in favor of the debtor and inheritance were returned to their rightful owners. Also, those who worked as slave laborers in order to repay a debt were granted their freedom to return home to their families and land. And so what is happening on Pentecost is that the Spirit of God becomes this seed that is being planted in every believer now and this seed represents this new inheritance, this new redemption, this new beginning of all of all people. Good news. Good news. And I love that. We believe in the God of the fresh start. We believe in the new. We don't, we don't believe that we are defined by our past or defined on our mistakes or defined on what has happened, but we're defined on what God has new for us, a fresh start in Christ. Yeah. And, the, and so the Holy Spirit coming, we're going to read this story in a moment. The Holy Spirit coming is just, it, it symbolizes this deliverance from the heavy burden. Mm -hmm. it, it, it represents freedom mm -hmm. from this heavy burden. I was reading the book of Leviticus this week. Um, and man, there was just, there was like five different sacrifices that you had to do and all of these rules and all of these laws that the priest had to perform on your benefit just so your sins could be forgiven. And man, Jesus says, man, I'm going to lift that burden from you. Yeah. And I'm going to, man, I'm going to deliver you into something that is really freeing for your life. And it's not so much about the rules or the laws, um, but man, I, and so I love that this moment Yes, it's this spiritual gift of the Holy Spirit that that we that comes inside of us as this 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 seed of new generation of a new life, a new birth. But it's also representing a new way of life. Of man, this once this heavy burden of sin that we carry around all the time. Man, Jesus has lifted it. He has taken it, and He's calling us into freedom. Right. He's calling us to step into freedom. Uh, living in the Holy Spirit. So good. So good. Awesome. You want to read verse 2 for us and, and just kind of go through sure. 2 uh, verse 8? Absolutely. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. 
Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Verse 5, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. So cool. So so amazing. So awesome. So this supernatural act that is happening as they, one, they're obedient to Jesus' last words, and, and they're waiting for this gift, and they're all together in one accord. Mm-hmm. They're unified, yes. right, in this one purpose. Yes. They believe that Jesus is going to send them something that is awesome, and He does. Yeah. And what ends up happening is this supernatural act where they're speaking in different languages. And the Apostle Paul does such a great job of describing this in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. I want to read it before we just kind of break this whole thing apart. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized in one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And so up to this point, the Jews just felt like God was for them. And you would have to convert to Judaism to be accepted by God, to be saved by God. And Jesus here, by sending the Holy Spirit, is saying, no, Jesus is for all people. God's grace is for for all people. And that's what Paul was saying. Man, we've all been baptized under the same spirit, this this baptism of love uh, that that the Apostle Apostle Paul is is talking about. You want to add? This was a breakthrough moment because history shows that it was all about the Israelites, 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 Israelites. And so in this Jewish culture, nobody was really accepted unless you were a Jew. And so there's this breakthrough uh, um, transformation mindset that is happening that all belong. Nobody is rejected. All are accepted. And so, and so Jesus has paved this new breakthrough way for, for, for everybody to come together because we all belong. We all belong to God's church and we all belong to God. Uh, when we commit to him, it's not, oh, I have to convert and I have to do all this different things. It's, it's a transformation and a renewing of our mind to say, hey, we are adopted into God's family and I belong here. Mm-hmm. No matter my past, present or, or future, yeah. God, God loves me and, and I have a place. Yeah. Awesome. And so what is happening here is that, and we'll get into this more next week, but God has given them different languages to speak about all the wonderful things that God has done. Mm -hmm. But something happened in Genesis chapter 11 that was the God had scattered His his people uh, for for certain reasons. And and so I just I want to I want to talk about the history of that because Mm -hmm. the day of Pentecost was the reversal of what happened in Genesis chapter 11. And so 
Because what God had scattered, he is now bringing back together mm -hmm. in this moment. Right. And so I, I want to talk about Genesis 11. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar captures the Jewish people and the Babylonians were famous for building what were called these towers called ziggurats. And a ziggurat was basically this, this tower, this ancient temple that would house their gods. The Babylonians were, were polytheists. They, they, they worshiped many different gods. And so they would build these ziggurats for their gods to live in. Mm -hmm. And so they would go and they would uh, make sacrifices inside these, these temples. And, and they believed that uh, their gods would live in there. And so they decided to make the Jewish people help them build one of these ziggurats, these tower, this tower. And they're like, man, we're going to build it to heaven. And their plan was not so they could reach God, but so God would come down and, and, and almost create a dwelling place like their other gods that God would come and his presence would be in this, the ziggurat. And because in Genesis 3, they had lost the presence of God because of sin. Adam and Eve brought sin in and they'd been chasing the presence of God. And, and so Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, let's just build a ziggurat. You know, we've got the Jewish people now. Let's, let's build this tower where the living God would live inside of our uh, inside of our temple, inside of our tower. And so let's read it and we'll, we'll break it apart. Uh, Genesis 11, uh, verse 1 through 4. We'll read the first four verses. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. What I love about this is that they've, um, historians have found uh, bricks with this mortar on it. And history just aligns with this, yeah. this moment that we're talking about. And then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves. Let's build a great city for ourselves. And so here we see their agenda, yeah. their purpose of why they're building this thing. Right. Not so they can come and worship God or experience His presence, but they want, to build, they, they want it for themselves. With a tower that reaches into the sky, this will make us famous. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. And so... Here we see this agenda from King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians of basically they want uh, a pocket God. They want to use God for their benefit, for their lives, for their to bless their crops, uh, you know, almost like a tool. Like, you know, if they're getting ready to go to war, they go to, they go to this living God that, that now lives in this ziggurat to help them. And it's all about them. It's all about their agenda. And, and so, you know, God is not pleased with this because it's all about them. It's all about how they can benefit from having the living God in their back pocket. They're just going to use him whenever they want to use them mm -hmm. or feel like they need God. Then they'll go to God. And so they're building this temple to house God 
so that they can tap into his power and presence when they feel like it. Mm -hmm. Which is not too different than the way many American Christians live. Right. Right. It's like, well, I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to keep God over here in my little ziggurat. And when I need him, I'll go to him. When things get bad, when things get desperate, maybe I'll run to God and, and hopefully he'll help me and have mercy on me. And so we, we look at these people and we're like, man, what a weird, what a weird bunch of people, right? They're trying to contain God in a, in, in a building, right? And the reality is, is we try to do the same thing. We totally do. We, we, we do the same thing in our lives. Let's let continue the story. You want to read uh, the rest of the passage for us? Sure. Uh, let's get into verse 5. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. God was looking at their intentions. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that this is really important for us to recognize is that God doesn't look, look at what we're doing or, you know, oh man, you're showing up on, on Sunday, you're, you're, you're serving. He looks at the heart and why we do it. He, he's saying, I want to see the heart and the intention behind it. Yes, these people were building a temple for God. Awesome. They wanted his presence. Awesome. But it was for their own agenda. And so it was for their credit and for their glory and for their success. And it wasn't um, out of relationship with God. And God, God desires this, this not a one-way relationship. He, he, you know, a relationship really isn't a one-way. It's both. And he wants to be a part of that. And he wants us to seek his counsel and what he desires mm -hmm. in our lives. Amen. Two things in this passage, and it's going to translate into our next passage. The first thing is that the people were united, right? Yeah. The people were together. Yeah. They were united. They were speaking the same language. And the second thing is God said this. He says, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Big. And so there is real power in unity, even when you're not unified in something good. Right. There's power in unity. Mm -hmm. and, and God's like, there's, Nothing that will be impossible for them if they come together and they unify speaking the same language. And what I see here in, in the day of Pentecost, Pentecost is coming, the Holy Spirit is coming because God wants to unify his people again and he wants us to experience some impossible things. Amen. <laughs> and how much more can we do by being unified in the power of God. There's, there is power in unity. And I want to read the words of Jesus here in John 17, 20 through 23. This is what Jesus says about unity. He says, I am praying, for, I am praying not only for these disciples, and Jesus is talking about the disciples he's with, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. Yes. 
as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Unity matters to God. Big time. He's unified with his son and the Holy Spirit. They're three in one and they're in perfect unity. And Jesus is saying, I want you to be in perfect unity as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. are in perfect unity. Yeah. And that's a beautiful depiction of God's heart for His people, mm-hmm. God's heart for His church to be unified. And as, as we come back together, as we're ramping up to come back together as a church, I think we need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare our hearts that, that we are seeking God's agenda daily and not our own, not our own opinion, not our own perspective, not our own, uh, our own way. It's about God. And as we come together as a church, we're all going to have our own opinions. Mm-hmm. There's going to be so many opinions about how church is supposed to look as we come back. But I need you to know, as your pastors, we are praying every day for God's wisdom. We are seeking the Lord for His agenda and how He wants Passionate Life Church to look when we come back. So we need to prepare our hearts under His authority, under His umbrella, to come back ready with open hearts to receive what God has come together unified, not critical or judgmental of one another, but come back with a loving, open heart to look at the church and say, I'm a, I'm a part of that. God, God, you've given us, you've given me this leadership and, and this pastoralship to pray and to lead us well. And so I'm going to come under that umbrella. And ultimately that umbra, umbrella equals peace, that umbrella equals protection, that umbrella equals blessing and favor in our lives when we do that. That's good. You know, Jesus says that it's possible that we can be, as an ecclesia, as a a body, we can be as unified as Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, as the Trinity. That's what Jesus is praying for us. He's, He's praying for us so that we would experience this power of unity. And, and listen, as your pastor, man, we want to lead you well in, in this. And we've never experienced something like this. And just this week as I'm praying, and, and man, this we are under attack. This is a spiritual attack. Listen, remember, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We are fighting against principalities and powers of the air. And this whole coronavirus thing is, man, it's, it's, it is what it is, okay? God did not condone, you know, God let it happen because he's in control, but he doesn't want people to die and he doesn't want bad things to happen to us. But right now, what we are experiencing right now is, man, it's, Satan is trying to use this. He's trying to get into our homes, into our minds, and into our bank accounts, and, and right? He, he is the devourer, and he is trying to devour our marriages, our families, our yeah. lives, our finances, our blessing. And what God is is speaking, I believe this this is a now word. As your pastor, I believe this is a now word for you that are watching this. 
more than ever, we need to be unified in this yes. moment yes. to counter the attacks of the devil, to counter the principalities and the power of this uh, of the air. Uh, of we have to be united as a church, as a body, because if we're not, we don't we don't stand a chance. That's right. We, we don't stand a chance, and so more than ever, what I believe that God is trying to get us to do is to unify as a church. One, because there's power in unity. Unity matters to God. And two, there is a tremendous blessing in unity. There's a tremendous blessing that happens when we unify as a church. And and so I want to get into it. Psalms uh, 133, 1 through 3. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in what? Unity. What? Say, it, say it at home. Unity. Unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. And you thought beard oil was just invented a couple years ago. <laughs> Come on, like Aaron, Moses' brother, was using beard oil. It is, if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. And to really encompass this message and this, this passage, there was, I read this story about this camper who camped on the side of Mount Hermon. And he said that, when they woke up in the morning, all of their stuff was drenched in the dew of Mount Hermon. He said it was like we, we experienced a downpour, a shower of rain, it in, and it did not rain one drop. Wow. And this is the dew. The, the, this, this is the blessing that comes from God when His people are, are unified. You know, unity comes from God. It is a gift from God. And it's our choice whether or not we're going to be part of the unity that God is doing, um, you know, in our community. Right. And so, I, man, I love that illustration of do uh, because do is connected to you. Come on, that's, that's good. good. Do is connected to you. And when you are reliant on the do, you don't have to be reliant on external things. You don't have to wait for the rain, an external rain to happen so you can grow. You don't have to wait for, uh, for a stimulus check for you to prosper and be in the blessings of God. Right. You are living in the blessings of God because your reliance is on do that is in you, right? The Holy Spirit is in you. And so you don't have to wait on external things happen or, or, or you don't have to be dependent on external because God has already done it internally. So good. He's given us this do, this, this blessing, this daily blessing. And so um, I, I wanted us to see just this blessing that happens when, when we unify as God's people. And so I want to ask us a couple questions here and a couple questions that you can think about all week long and we're going to discuss here in a moment here. And the first question is, is do you value being one or being the only one? You see, unity values being one. 
right? That's what unity does. Us being one people, one ecclesia, one body, working together, reaching people, uh, loving each other, meeting each other's needs. That, that's what being one is. Or do you value being the only one? And this question, it reminds me of being in the work field, mm. in, the, in, the work, in my work environment. And there were multiple people that I worked with when it was, it was all about them. It was yeah. all about getting the credit. Yeah. It was all about one-upping. Like you could not trust them. They were ready to stab you in the back yeah. to get the credit, to, to get the promotion, to take your ideas and make it their own. Like it is like dog eat dog, you know? It, and it was hard because as a team, we're doing this as a team and we all have a part to play within the team. But if you have that person or those people that it's all about them and it's all about their agenda and them getting what they want, man, it just, it brings such disunity right. and, and discord and lack of trust. Yeah. There's no trust in that. Yeah. And what disunity does, disunity removes the power of God from the situation when you're when you can't because man God's power is in unity and we've seen now we've seen God's power move in our church with miracles and healings and reconciliation and, and you know breakthroughs mm -hmm. but man I want to see more of God's yes. power I want us to experience more of his wonders in our in our church and the way that happens is when we become unified. And so one of the things that I want us, I want our mindsets to be focused on as we come back to church is the question that I want you to start thinking about is what can I bring to this body? Yes. Because the American church, we've been led to this consumeristic mindset that church is for me? What, what can church do for my life and for my family? And it's very consumeristic. It's very like Walmart, Target. You know what I mean? Like I'm going, you know, what can this church do for me? When the reality is, is that God wants you to look at, man, what can I bring to this body? What yeah. skills and talents? And maybe today you're like, Man, I don't have any. That, again, is part of being part of the body to discover yes. what Jesus has placed in you. But God hasn't called you just to be a seat, right? To be a seat filler and to just sit there, right? He's called us to be part of the team and, and to be part of what God is doing, to be unified in His power and in His blessing. And so, man, having that different mindset of saying, okay, this church isn't about me, but it's about we, okay? What can we bring, you know, to, to help God's body function um, healthy? Because it's all about the mission. Right. The mission are there's, there's so many people out there that don't know the love of Jesus. They don't mm. know that they're loved yeah. by God. They don't know the sacrifice that Jesus made for each and every one of them. And so the goal is we want to bring people into the church so that they can experience the love and the acceptance of Jesus Christ 
And it doesn't stop there. Like the revival happens. We're raising our hearts and our hands to the Lord and we're saying yes to Jesus, but it doesn't stop there. God has so much more in store for your life. And so the church is here so that we can belong, come together, be accepted, and then be used in the gifts and talents that God knitted you together in. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And so he created you to be a part of his church, his ecclesia. And so when we're coming together united, we're coming for that mission. And so when we have the power and presence in the middle of that unity, anything is possible. Amen. So good. Second question I want you to write down or be thinking about this week is, are we cheering each other on or are we secretly booing? We'll read it again because it's good. Are we cheering each other on or are we secretly booing each other? Right? So let me, let me, let me tell you about my life. I grew up in upstate New York and I grew up going to Bills, Buffalo Bills games. And uh, the fan base up there, to put it nicely, is ruthless. Okay. I mean, straight up ruthless. If you're wearing a jersey of the other team, you're getting a snowball in the face, okay? (laughs) Somebody is going to fight you, okay? It was just ruthless. And it was just, and so we booed a lot, right? We felt like, man, I paid money for this ticket. And if you stink, I am going to boo you. They booed themselves. Right, we booed our own team. Boo, (laughs) right? And, And we, many times, man, we, this type of attitude has has seeped into the church uh, of just, you know, not being for each other, but being against one another, right? And, and instead of cheering each other on, we're secretly booing. You know, my life, this was me, okay? Uh, I was, I grew up a very competitive person. And uh, my, my old college coach came and, and visit. He came for a visit about a year ago. I hadn't seen him in many years. He's been coaching for over 30 years. I got to sit down and talk to him. And he told me this. He said, he said, Andrew, you were the most competitive player that I have ever coached in my 30 years of coaching. You wanted to compete. You wanted to win. And it was true. Like, I never wanted to come out of the game, never wanted to come out. And when coach took me out of the game, I was sitting on the bench and I was secretly hoping our team did worse with me out of the game. Okay. Like, like that was my attitude. I'm like, man, I hope we go down 10 and then coach will have to put me in. Right. And, and this is, man, this is not the type of attitude that God is looking for. That is not unity. That is all about being the only one and feeling like you're the most important person. And, and it, there's, there's not strength in one, right? There's strength in being completely one body right. and, and, and cheering each other on instead yeah. of secretly booing. Because if you find yourself secretly booing, it means that there's probably some jealousy in your mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. When something good happens to someone, even one of your friends, are you thinking, well, why didn't that happen to me? If someone's, you know, some, you're single, right? And you know somebody's getting married and, and you're like, I'm better looking than them. Why are they getting married? Like, I'm the catch. You know what I mean? And, and instead of, man, being happy for them and celebrating them, you're yeah. secretly 
booing. And it takes us back to the definition of Pentecost, like it comes full circle of Jubilee. Jubilee is a celebration. Right. It's a celebration of unity. It's, it's a celebration of the wins. It's a celebration of the good things that are happening within our community and being able to celebrate one another. Man, that keeps us in that unifying place that we are cheering each other on, that we are for each other, not against. It's not this competition against each other, but we're coming against that the enemy, right. you know? And so when that person gets the promotion or, or they get, you know, married or, or they get that, that new house or that new car, are we cheering them on? Or, or is God promoting them? Is God lifting them up and elevating them? And are we cheering them on when God's doing that? It's so important with unity because God sees the heart in everything that we're doing. Yeah. He, he sees our heart and he desires for us to seek that relationship so that we can be unified because his spirit in us is what aligns us with his perfect will. So good. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 10 through 11. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. Come on, this is a word for this week. Verse 11. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Encourage and build up. Encourage and build up. Come on, this is the challenge this week, man. Think about those two questions, right? And, and do I value being one or the only one? You know, am I cheering each other? Are we cheering each other out or are we secretly booing? How am I encouraging my brothers and sisters in Christ this week? How am I building somebody up this week? Right. Our, what are our words speaking? Because we can tear people down with our words. We can tear people down with our posts, our discouragement. But this really reminds me of my Tuesday live talk. Hey, that's a plug right there. I'm doing a live talk on Tuesdays about subjects that we're going through. And in that talk this past week, uh, you know, people were sharing so vulnerably and open, but then we were listening to each other and, and in the talk, they're encouraging one another, like they're struggling, but then somebody else is struggling and then they're encouraging each other on the chat. Like they're building each other up even in the midst of their own struggle. Like we can struggle and still encourage. We can, we can go through really hard times in our life and still be a light Amen. in this world. That's where the supernatural comes in. That's where Jesus shines bright, that even in our weaknesses, he is strong. And so I, I, I love this verse. So encourage one another, build each other. Mm -hmm. are, are we building each other? Are we celebrating each other um, in this season? So good. Uh, I want to end with this as we transition to the response time of God and, and the Holy Spirit. Unity matters. Unity matters to God. There's, there's blessing when we are unified as God's people. There's blessing there. there. There is power there when we're unified. And for me, I don't want us to come out of this you know, pandemic the same. I want us to be different. I want us to experience, you know, God's unity like never before because I want more of his, his power. I want more of his blessing in all of our lives, not just a couple people. I want us all to experience. And that's why we're passionate at Life Church because we're passionate about everybody experiencing this abundant life that God has every single person. Hey, let's let's come together unified, ready to hit the ground running. 
it, you know, we, we're going to come back. And yes, we need to be together. We need to hug each other. We need to love each other. But guess what? We need to be the church. We need to serve God's house. We need to participate in life groups. We need to, hey, if you've never led a life group, maybe God's calling you to that. If you've never been a part of an impact team, maybe God's calling you that. Maybe God wants you to, to be a part of the growth track. Maybe God wants to uh, have you in the in the lobby greeting and loving people that, that are gonna be running to church. They haven't been to church in years and people are gonna be running to the doors. God needs us to be the church and be ready to hit the ground running. Amen, awesome. Let's just go ahead and transition into our response time. Maybe today you'd say, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus and I want to make that commitment today. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth, you've drifted from God, and, and man, today you're just like, man, I need to recommit my life to Jesus and, and really live my life as a Christ follower. Uh, I'm just gonna ask you to, to bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you're at and repeat this prayer after me this morning as a declaration uh, of following Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I thank you. I thank you. For what you did on the cross. For what you did on the cross. And I ask right now. And I ask right now. That you would forgive me of all my sin. That you would forgive me of all my sin. That you would come into my life. That you would come into my life. And be my Lord and King. And be my Lord and King. And from this day forward. And from this day forward. I will follow you. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Come on. Heaven is celebrating, having a party Angels right now. Angels are going crazy. Man, thank you so much. Uh, for being with us today. Yes. Uh, man, we, we pray that this message was a blessing to you. Amen. Uh, what do you have to close out today? Hey, if you gave your heart to Jesus or any time within this season, we would love to get you a Bible. We have a Bible for you. We have a fresh start kit, a fresh start book that leads us into our next steps with Jesus. And so if you would like that, um, please email us at passionlifechurch at gmail.com. We would love to get that to you. We'll mail it to you. Um, also, so we have prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. And so we have a virtual prayer cove. You'll get that link in the notes. Uh, wherever you are attending, we will have that link for you. You can go to the prayer cove. It is a Zoom uh, prayer cove. Please do that. If you have any prayer that you would like to just send through the week or, or you don't have time to go to the prayer cove, that's okay. Text us your prayer requests. We would love to pray with you and agree with you on what God's doing in your life. Awesome. It's going to be a great week this week. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to build each other up. Man, we love you guys. We miss you. Have a great week.